welcome to one in a series of podcasts discussing IBOR reform and the transition to risk-free rates in the loan markets. In this podcast, we will discuss the relevance of IBOR reform in the European loan market and recent developments for Euribor and the risk-free rate for Euro, Esther. My name is Mees Hulot, a partner in Linklater's international banking practice based in Amsterdam. I'm joined today by Catherine Merrifield. Thanks, Mees. I'm a partner in our international banking practice based in Paris, and it's good to join you today. Look, I know we're here to talk about Euribor, but it's actually interesting to see where things have got to on IBOR transition generally. The situation as to the transition to risk-free rates is still evolving in Europe, and on LIBOR transition, the European market is, to a certain degree, behind the UK. Until now, the option was often to avoid complication and, at the time of an amendment or refinancing, to simply remove sterling, for example, as an optional currency. Now that the UK and the wider market is more settled, we can see that there is more of a movement towards the use of risk-free rates, but we're still seeing a mix of practice. For example, for US dollars, some banks, mainly the Anglo-Saxon banks, are looking to move to SOFA straight away, while others are looking to push the switch out, still relying on future negotiations to amend. We're still hearing concerns around market position not being fully settled, or at least internal policy not being fully settled, and still some element of wait and see where we land. Generally, the market is following the UK and LMA approach on risk-free rates. There are some questions being raised in a few European jurisdictions as to whether using a compounded rate causes an issue under rules around interest accruing on interest. But so far, we're not seeing that have an impact on practice. So, Mace, what's your view on why Eurozone banks aren't really prepared to lead from the front on this one? Well, Catherine, that probably starts with what the future brings for Euro denominated deals because those, of course, form the very vast majority of the loan books of banks in the Eurozone. The floating rate loan in Euro will typically have Eurobor as its benchmark, and unlike LIBOR, Eurobor is set to continue for the foreseeable future. So in the wholesale books at home, there has been no need to change for Eurozone banks, or at least not in the same way. And if you then look at the non-Euro loans extended by most Eurozone banks, they're often in US dollars. Most tenors of US dollar LIBOR are now set to continue until June 2023. And sterling or Swiss francs, on the other hand, where LIBOR will be discontinued first, are not that prominent in the loan books of the Eurozone banks. Most corporates simply don't use them. And if they're needed, it's definitely not something that absolutely needs to be arranged via syndicated multi-currency RCF. It's typically dealt with on a bilateral basis. So you see this reflected in what regulators in the Eurozone tell to their financial institutions. Of course, banks have been told to prepare for a discontinuation of LIBOR, and banks are in fact preparing themselves. It just has less of an impact. And when it comes to Euribor, banks have been told to work on fallbacks, which for one, they should do by adding mechanisms into their loan documentation for scenarios of Euribor falling away temporarily or permanently. Until now, that fallback was typically to reference bank rates and cost of funds. And there was the inclusion of replacement of screen rate language to swiftly designate a replacement for Euribor if, at one stage, Euribor fell away completely. But in this area of fallbacks, 
we are now approaching a change in the market because the recommendations for Eurobor fallbacks of the ECB's working group on risk-free rates are out. Catherine? Oh, banks across the Eurozone have an obligation under the EU's benchmark regulation to include robust fallbacks in their documentation and will, as you say, need to move away from the traditional position of reference banks and cost of funds. The Euro risk-free rate working group has been consulting on the fallbacks that parties should include in documents to cater for the cessation of Eurobor, and their long-awaited report was published on the 11th of May. In a similar manner to what we've seen for LIBOR, the report recommends that documentation should include objective triggers, covering permanent cessation, temporary non-availability of the benchmark, or Eurobor ceasing to be representative. As regards the fallbacks themselves, for corporate loans, the working group recommends a compounded look-back ESTA rate, either as the immediate fallback or as an ultimate fallback. If the parties choose first to use the fallback of a look-forward derivative-based rate, these rates would then be used together with a five-year historic median credit spread. It is going to be interesting to see how the market digests these recommendations. There are a few differences in the details compared to the European market practice that's evolved around Sonia and Sofa. So, for example, in the details of the triggers, the way the compounding is weighted in the ECB average rates that the report refers to, and the recommended use of observation shift. So, Mace, how are we going to see this in practice in the corporate lending market? Interestingly, Catherine, the working group's report does not set out a requirement as for the fallbacks to be implemented from any particular date. It seems, however, that the expectation is that banks should look to follow these immediately and start implementing the fallback methodology to comply with the obligations and the use bank mark regulation. It will be interesting to see, though, how that intermediate fallback that you just mentioned of a look forward derivative based rate will be used in practice. We do not think that the current LMA precedents will be changing significantly to reflect the working group recommendation. As in current LMA precedents with rate switch mechanics, the ways of calculating compounded ester as a fallback will go into the schedules. The performance schedules for Euro may change a bit compared to current LMA precedent, but the overall look and feel of the mechanisms to switch from term rate IBOR to compounded risk-free rates will not. The exact trigger to apply the fallback instead of Eurobor is a point where the LMA drafting may have to be updated a bit. And it's important to bear in mind that, unlike Sonia and Sofa, there will be no such thing as a backstop rate switch date, as a hard calendar date on which the parties will definitely switch. The rate switch language will only trigger when a cessation or a representativeness type of event materializes. When thinking of documentation processes, one thing is important to bear in mind, and that is that this is a process of documenting fallbacks. We would expect those to be gradually incorporated into new deals and amendments of existing deals. That means that there is not the type of urgency to deal with a legacy loan book, as we see in the UK and the US. That is, with one exception, and that's the overnight rate. Since the Euro overnight rate, Eonia, is being discontinued with effect from January 2022, here, Esther is going to take over in the Euroloan market. But in fact, most Euro swing line facilities that are already being documented are 
with Esther as a benchmark. And in fact, if you still use Ionia nowadays, that benchmark has in fact become a mere function of Esther. It is already to be interpreted as a reference to 8.5 basis points over Esther. Leaves one question to finish this podcast, Catherine. Might compounded Esther one day take over for the market of the continent, much like Sonia and Sofa are taking over the sterling and dollar market? Well, the market will decide. Um, the European position is clearly that Euribor is still a useful basis for corporate loans, and it should now contain the safeguards to ensure that pricing for borrowers will be fair. But this might change. It is conceivable that the Eurozone at one stage becomes an outlier by continuing to use IBORs when all other major currencies are on risk-free rates. That could result in the market pushing for compounded ESTA as a prime benchmark. But that's something that only time can tell. I agree there, Catherine. That is a relatively distant future. And when gazing into that crystal ball, let's bear in mind one thing. And that is that for all the focus on the transition for sterling and US dollar, most of the other bigger currencies are keeping their eyeballs alive. Australian dollar, Canadian dollar, Hong Kong dollar, and also the smaller European currencies. So that wraps up this podcast. Many thanks for listening. By way of reminder, this is one in a series of podcasts on the topic of eyeball reform more generally and the transition to risk-free rates in the loan market. If you have any questions on this ever-developing topic, please do contact either myself or Catherine or your usual Linklater's contact.